John chapter 3, verse number 1. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. The same came to Jesus by night and said unto him, Rabbi, we know that thou art a teacher come from God. For no man can do these miracles that thou doest, except God be with him. Jesus answered and said unto him, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus saith unto him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time into his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, Except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the Spirit is spirit. Marvel not that I said unto thee, you must be born again. The wind bloweth where it listeth, now hears the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So is every one that is born of the Spirit. Nicodemus answered and said unto him, How can these things be? Jesus answered and said unto him, Art thou a master in Israel, and knowest not these things? Verily, verily, I say unto thee, We speak that we do know, and testify that we have seen, and ye receive not our witness. If I have told you of earthly things, told you earthly things, and ye believe not, how shall ye believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. And as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have eternal life. For God so loved the world, that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You may be seated. Just for a few minutes, I'm going to share with you my perspective on the meeting at Indian Mission Baptist Church, the uh, conference that we were at last, several of us were at last week down in uh, Smithville, Oklahoma. In doing this tonight, I'm trying to point to something which many Christians might think a little strange, but which happens fairly frequently in uh, in series, in, in conferences, where the Holy Spirit has control of things. When I get done, I'll let Darren and Austin shed more light on how they perceive things, because I perceive things, Austin perceives things, Darren perceives things, all differently. The Holy Spirit may take one message and apply it to you differently than he applies it to you and, and to me. And to get a more full picture, well, just let the others have a, a word or two to say. And, and besides that, I may get some of the details wrong. The preacher has a message for the congregation. The Spirit may have a different message for the congregation. The scripture we read a minute ago was used by Brother Tom Gilliam on Tuesday morning. His subject was salvation, and the title, I believe, was Love's Birthing Work. He was one of the two featured speakers, and his messages, Gilliam's messages, were a part of a series on divine love. In what was basically his introduction... He pointed to verse number 8, which we read just a minute ago, 
as a part of the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The wind bloweth where it listeth, where it chooses to. Thou hearest the sound thereof, but cannot tell whence it cometh and whither it goeth. That was not the first reference to what I think became the theme of the conference. That's just a place for me to start. The pastor of the church, Brandon White, announced at the outset, we were there for Sunday services, announced at the outset that he had selected 1 Timothy 1.17 as the theme of the conference. Now unto the king, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. That was what he thought would be the theme of the conference. That may have been the intended theme. However, I remember that verse being referred to two or three times for the rest of the week. And I was one of the two times that made reference to that, that verse. Because, here's the thing, the wind bloweth where it listeth. Okay? Men, even godly men, may make their plans and head down a certain road, but if they're submissive to the Lord, they may eventually hear him say, no, don't go down that way. I want you to go down this road. And we go down when we're listening to the Holy Spirit. I think many in those meetings last week would say the Lord did exactly that. My perceptive, perception. And my application to you is this. The Lord has plans for each of his children. And they may involve taking you in directions that you never anticipated. For example, I don't know if, as last year's meetings began, Brother Jared Paris realized that the Lord was going to call him into the ministry during that particular week. It was a year ago today that he surrendered or told the church that he was called to be a preacher. Did he go into that service knowing that this was likely? I don't know, but chances are he didn't. And his life took a radical change in the middle of that week. I mean radical change in the middle of that week. It's a funny story that I will leave to Austin to share at his convenience. But he was the first speaker on Sunday morning. This was during the Sunday school hour when most of the congregation was made up of members of the church. There were a few stragglers and strangers like us there, but most of the people there were uh, members of the church. One point in Austin's message was, we should do whatever the Holy Spirit asks us to do wasn't the entire message, that wasn't the basic theme, but that was a, a part of the, the message or the lesson. We should do whatever the Holy Spirit asked us to do. There was another speaker after Austin, and then, well, three hours, four hours after Austin made that statement or preached that statement, a small Indian church called to say, hey, we're expecting someone to come preach for us. Uh, Brother White shook his head. Brother Silver's eyes got wide. He didn't know anything about it. Uh, but Brother Silver said, all right, we'll, we'll take care of that. 
And Austin raised his hand and said, I'll preach. When the Holy Spirit says, let's do something, let's do something. We should be willing to do whatever the Holy Spirit tells us to do. At that point, I couldn't see the Lord's theme for the meeting, but at that point, we were one step toward that particular theme. The first message Sunday night was on the work of the ministry, which demands the work of the Holy Spirit. Then the final message of the day was on the ministry of prayer, which demands the ministry of the Holy Spirit. One of the essential elements of a meeting like that is the leadership of the Holy Spirit for the pastor in choosing who to speak and whom to leave in the pew. Because in this particular case, there were 26 preachers asked to speak, and there may have been 40 preachers there. So who's it going to be? Uh, Brother White needs to know the will of the Lord in this case. Timing is a part of that leadership. I was asked, for some strange reason, to be the second speaker on Monday morning. And I felt led to speak from Hebrews 13 and verse number 8. In keeping with the announced theme, I was, I was right on. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. I had no idea what Brother White's theme was going to be. But my message was in sync with, now unto the King, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I finished my message, and then the man who was asked to follow me got up and he took his text from Hebrews chapter 1 telling everyone that I had preached half his message. So he gave us the introduction to the message he planned to preach, and since he had been going through the book of Hebrews at his home church, he just uh, skipped over what I had preached from chapter 13, but it's found in chapter 1 as well, and then went to the second chapter. And it was, it was seamless. He made comment to the fact that... Uh, Brother Oldham had taken his message. But uh, uh, other than that, it, it went very well, went very smoothly. If he had been called to preach before me, what I'm trying to say is, if he had preached his message before I had preached mine, I would have been going through my uh, uh, briefcase looking for that other message that I had brought with me. I probably could not have preached from Hebrews chapter 13. The Holy Spirit knows what he's doing. The Holy Spirit, I think, was in control uh, of, generally speaking, this, this entire conference. The first message Monday evening was entitled, Are You a Foot-Washing Baptist? Are you a foot-washing Baptist? It was thoroughly spirit-controlled. It moved my heart and it moved the hearts of a great many other people. One of the brethren outside our church, but one that you know, came to me while the service was still going on, hugged me with a bear hug and said into my ear, thank you for washing my feet, Pastor. And there were people getting up and going 
the various places in the, the auditorium. Tuesday morning began with a message on the intercession of the Spirit. Obviously, Spirit-led. Two messages later, we were taken into God's throne room on an ordinary Tuesday morning. A book like no other reminded us, uh, among other things, of the importance of the Holy Spirit in giving us the Word of God. Then Brother Gilliam brought us back to the wind blowing where it listeth, which results in salvation. Pastor White's brother preached about the power of God. The Lord is more than able. The Lord is able. The Lord is more than able. And it's through the Spirit that we see the evidence of God's power in people's hearts. Brother Jared Paris got up. His theme was the protection of God in the midst of battle, pointing to, at one point, how the Holy Spirit brought him to salvation. The first message on Thursday was about two types of worship. There is the religious variety, and then there's the Holy Spirit-led variety. As I said this morning, Daniel Pearson brought out how the Holy Spirit gave life to dead, dry bones, concluding with exhortations and encouragement to everyone as they went back to their valley of dry bones. And we actually live in a valley. Another man taught us about the crucified life, which essentially means submission to the Spirit of God. Each message seemed to be directed by the Spirit in one way or another. They weren't all about the Spirit, and some of the messages didn't even refer to the Holy Spirit, but the Spirit was involved in different ways. And even though there were little things about which we might disagree with each other, there was a spirit of joy and union that nothing... Uh, Nothing disturbed the spiritual nature of the meeting. Let's just put it that way. In message after message, we heard Christ Jesus magnified. And please remember that it is the primary ministry of the Holy Spirit to magnify the Son of God. Several times during the week, various people of various ages testified of the spirits moving in their hearts teenagers and even slightly younger, with tears pouring down their faces, talking about what the Lord had been doing in their lives. And then there are the old people doing essentially the same thing. And then we come to the music. At times, the music seemed to be as spirit-filled as the sermons. At least there was a lot more reaction from some of the brethren during the, the song services. There were, there were literally professional gospel singers there, and there were others, at least two others, that uh, maybe three others, who were potentially professional musicians. They could have been, but they weren't. And at the same time, there were singers who found it almost impossible to find their note. They were just way off key. But because both those with perfect pitch 
And those who had no pitch at all could hardly get the ball across the plate because they were all blessed by the Holy Spirit within them. No one was proud and no one was embarrassed. We've had a gentleman here with his family. Do you remember how well the gentleman sang with uh, his children? No problem at all. Because it wasn't about performing. It was about the leadership of the Lord. They just appeared to be ministering for the glory of God. Of course, there was much more to the meeting than just uh, singing and preaching. There were meals that had been prepared. And I can't speak for the hearts of those ladies, but uh, I know that some of them, at the very least, did it for the glory of God. And after the, the afternoon meal, there were afternoons spent in conversation. There were breaks between uh, services from time to time. There were late night meetings going until two in the morning on some occasions where there was just uh, fellowship and conversation between the brethren. And coffee. And lots of coffee. Okay. In other words, if I had to describe the theme of last week's conference, I would say that it revolved around the work of the Holy Spirit. Yes. 